You remember you used to ask why I always wear a wig? All day and all night, when I eat, when I sleep. Do you see? The wig is off my head. The wig is off my head. I never saw what was under it. I just saw on top the glitter, the wig. The wig is off my head, TC. TC, I love you, Dorothy. Oh, welcome to Black Power Talks. I'm Dr. Matsumella Odom. And my name is Dexter Mlemwingu. And I am Soliana Bukel. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili because freedom is on our minds 24-7. But you know what? Dexter and Matamela kick back, and I'll just take it from here. Today on Black Power Talks, we will be presenting to you a roundtable discussion on the 1979 film Bush Mama by Haile Garima. This roundtable discussion was organized by Dr. Matamela and Comrade Dexter back in April 2022. However, this roundtable was not just any conversation was part of a political education series that is regularly organized by Matsumela. The worldview that we follow on Black Power Talks is called African Internationalism, the anti-colonial theory of the African working class. African Internationalism is a theory of practice. Therefore, here at Black Power Talks, we're not simply concerned with producing ideas, we're concerned with placing those ideas into practice. Bush Mama is a masterpiece of African anti-colonial filmmaking. Dare I say, it is possibly as close to an African internationalist film that has ever been made. It is for this reason that in the discussion that follows, you will hear the roundtable participants are concerned with the connection between the film and on-the-ground, real-world political struggles of the past and present. As well, with the continued relevance of Bushmama, roundtable participants in this episode will express concern with Bushmama's utility as a tool for outreach and political development. In this roundtable discussion, you will hear from some previous Black Power Talks guests and some new voices. Alongside Dr. Matsumela and Dexter, you will hear from Michelle Mwezi Odom, Denzel Drawn, and Parrish Davis of San Diego, California. You will also hear from Temba Chibanda of St. Louis. Bush Mama is the graduate thesis of Haile Garima, at that time a film student at the University of California, Los Angeles. Bush Mama is the third film in a five-part series of films examining Black life during the African Revolution of 1960s and the subsequent U.S. counterinsurgency campaign that militarily defeated that movement. Bush Mama is Garima's first feature-length film that in many ways builds on his previous short films, Our Glass and Child of Resistance. Bush Mama is described elsewhere as a story of Dorothy and her partner, T.C., T.C. is a Vietnam veteran who thought he would return home to a hero's welcome. Instead, T.C. is falsely arrested and imprisoned for a crime he didn't commit. Dorothy's life revolves around the welfare office and a community facing poverty and unemployment. As a result of the film's events, both the main characters develop revolutionary consciousness. Bush Mama ends with Dorothy committing an act of revolutionary violence. The main character of Dorothy is played by Barbara O. Barbara O oh had previously starred in Garima's short film, Child of Resistance, and later starred in Julie Dash's Daughter of the Dust. Phenotypically, Barbara O oh actually looks a lot like black exploitation film star Pam Greer. Yet, Bush Mama is not a black exploitation film. It is, in fact, the antithesis of black exploitation cinema. 
Blaxploitation films surely shed light on some topics that Bushmama and other more politicized films did, such as the occupation of the African community by domestic military forces commonly known as the police. However, Blaxploitation films generally presented heroic, individualistic, and capitalist solutions to the problems. In Bushmama, there is no big score. The revolutionary activity comes with political consequences. However, the solutions presented by Bushmama are collective in nature. Bushmama presents an African internationalist perspective of African women's struggles by centering on the struggles of its protagonist, Dorothy. The special oppression of Dorothy and her daughter is directly related to the other forms of colonial domination and genocide Africans face in Bushmama. Africans are murdered by the cops, the community is under constant surveillance, a neocolonial African welfare worker attempts to force Dorothy to have an abortion to keep her cash aid, and a white cop attempted to rape Dorothy's daughter. Bush Mama uses the visual, dialogue, and even its soundscape to describe the U.S. counterinsurgency war against African people and other colonized people in the U.S. and abroad. Chairman Omalia Shatella writes, the U.S. manual defines counterinsurgency as, quote, military, paramilitary, political, economic, psychological, and civic actions taken by a government to defeat insurgency, unquote. It is a war without terms. Counterinsurgency is a war in every aspect of the lives of African people. In the film, it is clear that the measures used to fight revolutionary insurgency of the Vietnamese are also used to defeat black political activity in the United States. The film opens up with an overlay of multiple forms of counterinsurgency, police sirens, helicopters, and a battery of questions from a social welfare agent used to demoralize black working class mothers like Dorothy. In the film, there is no separation of the assault against African women by the colonial state from the assault against African men. Dorothy is traumatized by the constant assault from the welfare state and even the police. While she lies in the captivity of African impoverishment, her partner TC lies inside a prison cell for a crime he did not commit. TC is pictured having what is seen to be flashbacks, but in many ways, that is brought to question. It is unclear whether the gunshots and helicopters he hears in the film are from the Los Angeles police or from Vietnam. In the film, Dorothy and the entire African community have been demoralized and driven out of political life. Garima chronicles the return to political life by overlaying the story of his characters around real, local, and international events. Bush Mama makes direct reference to the case of Jerry Lee Amy, an African Vietnam War veteran murdered by the Los Angeles police in 1970, African Liberation Day mobilizations, and the anti-colonial struggle in Angola. All of these events enter into Dorothy's home by way of a series of posters her daughter Luan's friend, Angie, hangs on Dorothy's walls. Dorothy becomes particularly interested in the image on an Angolan poster of an African mother holding a rifle in one hand and a child in the other. By the end of the film, Dorothy embodies the spirit of resistance that image represents. The LA Rebellion I have a personal and political connection to this film. Like Haile Garima, I was born in Ethiopia. Yet, like Haile Garima, I know that no purely localized struggle will free us as African people. Garima came to the United States in 1967 at the height of the African Revolution of the 1960s, the Black Power Movement, and has used his work to present what can only be described as an African internationalist perspective of filmmaking. At UCLA, Garima became a fundamental force in what has been called the Los Angeles School of Black Filmmaking, or the LA Rebellion. Another central ideological force in this collective was UCLA professor Tashoma Gabriel, also born in Ethiopia. 
The LA Rebellion was a collective of anti-colonial filmmakers from Los Angeles that spanned from the late 1960s to the early 1990s, the period between both uprisings and Black Los Angeles. Yorima and Bushmama use a neorealist and surrealist format of filmmaking influenced by the writings of Frantz Fanon and the films of people like Usman Sambeni. Other prominent LA Rebellion filmmakers are Billy Woodbury, Charles Burnett, Zainabu Davis, and Julie Dash. Some of their work has never been published, but the global uprising of African workers over the past decades has necessitated the reemergence of these films. In fact, Bush Mama can now be purchased on Amazon, Garima's award-winning film Sankofa can be viewed on Netflix, and Julie Dash's Daughters of Dust can also be purchased on streaming sites. Burnett's Killer of Sheep and Woodbury's Bless Their Little Hearts are now available for individual purchase. With all that said, let's get into this interview. The Roundtable is directed by Parrish Davis. Parrish is an organizer with the African National Women's Organization. Parrish helped organize the Black Mothers March on Washington, a national mobilization in defense of African mothers and against the brutal and ill-named child welfare system that was led by Enwo's Arrest CPS campaign. In this first segment, Parrish, Mwesi, Dexter, Matsumela, Denzel, and Temba discuss the political importance of the various themes in the film. Um, what are you guys' some initial or immediate um, feelings or thoughts uh, after the viewing the film? I'll start. I don't know. I feel like it's an important way for us to even win African people to political life to even understand, like, because as dialectics, it's either this or it's that, you know, and like, if it's if it's the form, like, if like, is it is it just the police? Is it just the hospitals? Is it just this or is it the state? And like, if it's the for, I mean, if it's the state, no matter what it looks like, then we understand like who are the agents of the state, and when are we operating as agents of the state? You know, so I think it just helps to like look at it from like that perspective. Since I'll just raise that that um, everything that we see in media and whatever you know in films like this, we can pull it out and we can use this as a way to win African people to political life and to that understanding. Uh-huh. Yeah, I unite with that, um, Wazy. Um, I really appreciate the film. This is actually my first time seeing the film. So, um, yeah, I just need to make sure I see it again, just so I can even just study it um, more so. But um, one thing I appreciate, appreciate about a film that really leapt out at me was that I feel like the state is, like, consistently held accountable throughout the film. That's what I feel. I mean, even, when we, you know, we touched on horizontal violence and different contradictions that Africans even experience with each other. I feel like even by the end of the film, you are still um, shown the state in the form of the police, for instance, as, um, you know, the real bearer, the real person that brings the violence into our community, the real person, the real agency that we should be pointing our fingers at. That's what I see. I mean, even in the beginning of the movie, when the, um, uh, when uh, I think I think they're in the welfare office and then the, the man shows up with an axe. Oh, we would think at an axe. I mean, when uh, when they hear he's coming up, everyone's like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. And then, but even when the police comes and guns them down, you still get a sense that they weren't satisfied with that response. You know, you know that's, you know, the, the cop didn't come and bring peace to the situation. They seem equally horrified, even if not more so horrified with how the police came and quote unquote resolved the situation. So I think, I think even they kicked the movie off with the, with showing that though this man appeared uh, like he might've been dangerous himself on um, the police coming and handling the situation as they did, it's not a, a resolution. Um, that we need in the community. And even just towards the end when that um 
what the, what the sister gets of the baby kind of be not of her. I mean, that just shows to me that even from the womb, you know, we're colonized before we even birth into this world, we're even subject to the same kind of colonial violence. So that's one of the many things I appreciate about the film. I just like the status consistently shown as the villain. So, yeah. Uh, I, um, at the end, when the, uh, the woman was speaking to the young man at the end and she was saying that, you know, we had all this and uh, we, we have what you guys are facing now. The only thing that we were lacking is the plan. And I can appreciate that, you know, um, African internationalism is the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, you know, to what, to what end? And there's practice, there's theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like that was, that was important for, uh, I felt like it was perfect. like perfect way for the film to end because here we are with revolution and uh, practice with the theory. Something um, else that stood out was when I think it I think it was uh, who said uh, you know they said, uh, with the revolution you know we could we could start something and you know they they go and take it and try to sell it right back to us so um, I was reading earlier and it it uh, it was an article um, from the Burning Square Archive. I'm sorry, y'all. And it basically said how society makes it acceptable for us to talk about like power um, through like fashion and trends, but when it talks, when it comes to us actually like acquiring power and you know exercising and putting a practice to it, then that's when like all avenues are like cut off and shut mm-hmm. off. And mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, that really spoke to him saying, you know. You know, we could we could start something or create something and they'll try to turn it back around and sell it to us. And then we fall for it every time. So um, I think those are just the things that stood out um, for me. This is my second time viewing this film mm-hmm. um, and watching it back a second time. There, I definitely have more insight because at first it was like kind of a lot coming at you. But like uh, Dexter had said, it, the film highlights, you know, all parts of the state and um like you said, it, it did put a magnifying glass on it. So we could look at each um, avenue of the state and like realize it's a whole, like Molly said, like I thought it was me or it was um, not Molly, excuse me. Um, I thought it's something I was doing wrong, TC. And no, it's the system. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on to question number two. Most films of the African liberation struggle center the stories of African men. Why is it important that they centered the story of Dorothy in this film? Oh yeah, I wanted to I, I wanted to chime in on the um on on the overview or, or just uh what I what I thought I really appreciate um I, I'm gonna mess up your name. Um Wazy. Am I saying it right? Who oh, yes. Okay. Uh, and, and your observation about state that that was that was right on point um and and uh dexter again deepening that and just um saying that the state was was really held accountable i really appreciated you know the um, what i did see i think um stuck out to me was just the uh, i'm not familiar with characters names but um the young woman uh speaking on you know 
you know, we have where Africans are and, 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 you know, just understanding that, you know, we are one nation. Now. You know, that, that, that was really profound to me. And I just love the way that, um, you know, they put it, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, it was so easy. We here, we there, you know, we here, we here, you know what I'm saying? This way, you know, black people, you know, that was just, I think that was brilliant. And, um, and you know just the simplicity of of, of the speak but just the the complicated you know just the um you know this is not complicated i just really you know the masses will can't understand this and we'll understand it our understanding you know what I'm saying so you know yeah i just wanted to just say that 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 connection to to the african you know international connection uh of, of you know i think that that was real so Guru, um, I wanted to just briefly answer the, the next question because I think that speaks to um, just, I think it's an important question because um, especially Anwul's position and the party's position in African internationalism on the, on the special oppression of African women, but also the oppression of African people as a whole people. And so like while we're talking about, you know, while this film is important because you know, and, and, and as African internationalists, the way we're able to chop it up, we see the importance of centering the African woman and her experience. But at the same time, understanding that, you know, like when she was even writing about like we need that's why it's important for us. She says something near the end when she was writing to TC about it's important for us to, you know, raise our, you know, like she don't want her daughter to you know grow up like this. And she wants, you know, we got to raise her together in the home or just her understanding that we need to do this together. Like we need the community and. And it just, I don't know, I just think it speaks to um, that what is oppressing the African woman is oppressing the African woman is oppressing the African child is oppressing African people, period. And, um, but we can understand that through the perspective of Dorothy and her, everything that's happening around her. Uhuru. Yeah, I unite with that. I feel like um, <clears throat> I think it was important for the sister to be at the center of the story. Because I think um, I think it kind of, uh, kind of subverted the whole trend you see where even in these movies that are progressive or uh, movies that are about the revolution and my experience it's like you often see that, like these women they kind of end up being like just the love interest or the kind of doting partner and i think this movie really reinforces the significance of the african woman um just to, to paraphrase of what we say just as an equal side by side with african men and make a shaper of society so i feel like this, this movie was really important um, in that aspect i mean even just the movie touched on um Judas and Black Messiah, just for example, I know it's a movie that's focused on Fred Hampton, but even in Cool and Jerry, granted that these events happened before she would go on to be the first president of Impedium, but I feel like it's, that's just kind of a small example of how even her character, um, I feel, uh, was in a sense in that film kind of just showing as just the loving partner and supportive partner of, of, of Fred Hampton. So I feel like this film which is really important and just, you know, reinforcing the African woman's role as a real player and a real leader, um, just like African men. Yeah. And one thing is that uh, the revolution requires us to take all our skills, bring it back to the people and be as innovative as possible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because the only way that they're able to make this film outside of Hollywood is that all these people are going to school at UCLA when they were making the film. Now going to school at UCLA isn't a thing, right? But the thing is without the fighting capacity uh, coming into our movement, you got to get access to the, to, to, to the, to the movie equipment. 
So if you notice back then, like back then there wasn't really time limits mm-hmm. on when a person could be in school. Nowadays they place time limits and we can see how even the time limits were like a, are a form of counterinsurgency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to get in and get out because you got students now who are obsessed with getting in and get out because it all costs money. It didn't cost them any money. They were on scholarship and they didn't have time limits. So basically mm-hmm. sometimes they, mm-hmm. it might take these, these people six, seven years to, to produce these films. But they all, but they had access to uh, world class equipment because they were students at UCLA. Well, here's the deal: one of the shots you see from afar, uh, the, the the people getting getting harassed with by the by the pigs. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's actually live footage of the of the camera crew uh, uh, getting harassed by the by the police mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, because of the fact that they was in South Los Angeles. A shooting this mm-hmm. film and the pigs roll up and you know what's all these niggas doing with uh with 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 ucla film equipment they must have stolen mm-hmm. uh so when you see the brother he's dressed up and he's got his hands in the air he's mm-hmm. a member of the film crew getting uh, 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 again sweated by the pigs yeah. so so, so uh, what, 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 one of them is halagarima apparently yeah 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 so, so 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 this is why but but the thing is they're able to do this because it's 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 not dictated by the colonial capitalism, right? I mean, what you see with the Ryan Coogler films and and because Ryan Coogler did Judas and the Black Messiah too, right? Or no? Yeah. Oh, so 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 what you see with the Ryan Coogler films and stuff like that is you see elements of like, okay, I can see how how this is revolutionary to an extent, but then you see but then you see uh, colonial capitalism and and sponsors dictating it. And stuff like let's do a side by side of this uh, uh, of this snitch who who too too much of a coward to do three years in prison so he gets two people murdered over it you know what I mean this is nuts uh, um, so let's do that side by side let's let's push the racist thing because because being you know Jagger Hoover wants to he's afraid black people are going to sleep with black babies white babies you know right, that right, that right. aspect as opposed to like this is a military assault against african people because mm-hmm. if you know that's a military assault against your people you don't care if the person with the assault wants you to sleep with his babies or not you you care the fact that um uh, he, he got a gun and and and, and he's trying to obliterate you you know um uh, uh so yeah i just want you wanted to um again Kind of deepen uh, some some of what I heard, and and it, it only makes sense for this film to have, you know, at the center of um, of it, um, an African woman. You know, what I'm saying, you know, we we understand that, you know, African women are, you know, the most um, oppressed creature on the planet. You know, what I'm saying so. Um, just understanding that, you know, it makes sense. And, and not only, uh, you know, because she's African is why, you know, she's, she's oppressed, but the, the fact that she's a woman and, um, you know, uh, an African woman, you know, that's, that's the, that's like the, the pits, the bottom, you know, uh, um, when it comes to the colonial masters, you know, they, you know, that's, that's, the, the total bot, you know, so, so just to, to understand that the, the types of oppression that African woman has to go through, um, you know, it, it, it only is fitting that this, this film, you know, has an African woman at the center. So, you know, I, yeah. 
I just wanted to uh, unite with the Moise, um in regards to bringing up um, the creation of ANWO. And I know a lot of times um, Black women, they feel as if um, feminism or has no place for them because it's centered around um, the things that the petty bourgeois um, woman or uh, white women um, go through. And this film here shows, you know, the African working class struggles. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it really shows a multitude of struggle that Black women have to go to, through in this film. And then um, another thing, um, something I appreciated was that, you know, the relationship between the two, TC and what's the woman's name again? Dorothy. Um, that their relationship strengthened through this whole um, issue and it didn't become um, more antagonistic than, you know, before he went to jail. Instead of um, being um, antagonistic, and that's what happens when uh, couples uh, go through, um, one is in jail and the other is facing pressures from the state and there's little to no resources. Um, you know, we kind of have a tendency to kind of fold on one another and that didn't happen here. So, okay. Uh, question three, how does the story of Dorothy relate to the story of Desi Woods? Can you think of any other African women whom this story might relate to? If no one has anything, I could take a stab. Well, yeah, um, stab is a good thing in this movie. Dorothy <laughs> Um, <laughs> so in the uh, case of Desi Woods, the sister, and um, I don't know if the other woman she was with was also a sister, but they were uh, went to visit. Um, yeah, Desi Woods and Cheryl Todd, she's an African woman. Yeah, so they went to go uh, visit someone in jail, and upon their way back, they were trying to hitchhike, and she, um, they... They picked up uh, someone or they, someone gave them a ride and the man who gave them a ride was a white guy. And uh, he attempted um, to sexually um, abuse both of them or either one of them. And uh, when he pulled out a weapon, uh, Desi Woods got hold of that weapon and uh, killed the, killed the man. And uh, as you see at the end of the film, when uh, Dorothy was, uh, you know, incarcerated or they had her and they were beating her, doing whatever to her, they had picked up her daughter and um, the officer chose to ha try to have his way with the daughter. And um, you see Dorothy um, coming in and, you know, protecting her child. Um, and it's the same situation uh, where we didn't allow, you know, uh, well, Jesse didn't allow um, you know, the colonizer violence to colonial violence to take place. And she, you know, took it into her own hands and uh, did something for her. Care to add Montanel? Yeah, no, you know, the, and and the guy, he uh, he was a, um, uh, he, he pretended to be a cop in the attempted rape. So I think that, and sometimes you'll hear it articulated as she killed the, an officer, but I think he wasn't necessarily a cop, but he pretended to be a cop. So um, this is an important struggle. Uh, it's the first significant struggle to bring back the sort of mass character of the Black Power movement after its military defeat, after everyone was saying that 
what we basically need to do was say solidarity with Africa and or some electoral politics uh, and things like that. Um, so the Desi Woods campaign was in 75. Um, she's freed in the in in like 81, 82 or something like that. So 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 uh, at the time in which this film is being made, the Desi Woods campaign is the is the primary campaign being pushed for um, African liberation, and it's an anti-colonial campaign. White feminists want to make it about rape. Desi Woods herself uh, understood the importance of making it about colonialism. And and then there's a young girl, uh, theoretically, uh, uh, by the time, actually literally the same age as Angie in the movie, uh, who becomes the head, the international head of the, uh, of the campaign called Darmisha Black Earth. So uh, by the time, so 1979, Darmisha Black Earth was 19 years old and the head of the Desi Woods campaign. Uh, and I'll, honestly, Angie would have been about 19 at that moment, too. <clears throat> and, and we know that there's some connection between this film and, and the mass campaign uh, led by our party at that time, because in 1979 at the uh, uh, at the ANRO convention, if I want to say at the ANPO convention, African National Prison Organization, I think this was at the West Coast convening of the African uh, of the mobilization for for Ampo. It was either seventy nine or eighty, but but nevertheless, in some in an Ampo event that they had, and I can find this stuff. Uh, they, they 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 aired this film. So 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 Bush Mama was aired at an Ampo event. So 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 it can't be a coincidence that that this film is made in the middle of the Desi Woods campaign. Uh-huh. What is the importance of TC to this story? How is his story similar to people like Ronald Pat and George Jackson? Well, I think uh, I think it's a good example of um, uh, just a quote, Chairman. These jails becoming revolutionary universities, and um, you know, Africans weren't necessarily uh, politically involved prior to being incarcerated, coming into their political consciousness and being one to the revolution while incarcerated. Yeah, and just in short, I mean, I don't want to give too much credence to it, but you know, because she did kind of turn against the movement, but 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 the the letters are inspired by the letters that um, George Jackson wrote to Angela Davis. Uh, and there's another short film we can watch it another time. It's very short, probably about twenty thirty minutes, called "Child of Resistance," uh, that was done before this film, and it centers on an African woman who is. Um, uh, 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 imprisoned by the colonial state. Um, uh, it was, a, was a part of the same LA film movement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's by Halle Garima, but it's a short uh-huh. film he did before this one. And, and it's somewhat inspired by the by the trial of Angela Davis. But 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 it is important to note that um this character is inspired directly by George Jackson. Uh-huh. And, but also but also Geronimo Pratt was a Vietnam vet um, who comes home and con- commits himself to the struggle, but you know TC becomes politicized inside prison. But at the same time, like TC is honest, right? You see uh, Dorothy being attacked at that AA meeting, and TC came to her, her mm-hmm. support, and that's the and that's the and that's the beginning of their love for each other. Question five: What are the objective conditions for Africans in the film? Does gender alter the experiences of Black men and women? Would you say they are better, worse, different, or interrelated? I'll just say quickly that because <clears throat> I think the the second question in this question that says, does gender alter, you know, the 
I can't go back to it. I'm on my phone. Alter the experiences. Um, I think like, uh, I don't know, this is like, I think if you're not African internationalist, you can swim in that and be like, oh, that, you know, like, yes, it happens, you know, or you could split it, you know, like split hairs between the African men and the African woman. But I think like the, um, hold on, let me come back to the questions because I was trying to go somewhere with that. Um, Because the objective conditions, you know, are, I mean, the objective conditions are, you know, interrelated because they're all, you know, like African women experience, you know, the state in certain particular ways that African men do because of the counterinsurgency, you know, with the, you know, with the reproductive justice or, you know, the, with the reproductive stuff, you know, with Af- African women, there's, there's so much. So it's not, um, I don't think gen- gender plays a role in it, I would argue. Um, but it does, you know, but, but, but not to go there because that's not, that's not what we're focused on. That makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, it does. I, I would agree with you. Um, while, you know, there's contradictions in everything, uh, you know, our main contradiction is uh, colonialism. So like you said, we, we really right. don't have room to swim around and play in that, you know, the, the colonialism is affecting us as a whole—the man, the woman, and the child. So, but, 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 so, so, I mean, I think, of course, they're interrelated, but I do think, sort of, we got a, pr- a platform about African women uh, specifically, right? You know, but I think the anti, but I think the anti-colonial analysis allows us to understand this is sort of uh, this is colonial oppression of African people. The uh, limiting, uh, controlling the ability for African people to produce life and labor and value for ourselves. Um, history. Uh, so you see the role of history as well. Children represent history. Uh, um, the, 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 the ability to produce history. When we produce life, we produce history for ourselves as well. So, I mean, jumping to the end, I know we're going to talk about that, but I think that children play an important purpose in this. I think children can see clearly what 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 we as adults who've been beaten down by colonialism can't necessarily see at times is that like, no, you know, I, I want to see this right now, you know. Um uh it's, it's 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 Angie who's like, you know, you know, basically she criticized the Pan-Africanists. You know, she's gives a criticism of Pan-Africanism. She says, look, got this Pan-Africanist guy who stands up at this event and says it's gonna take a long time for us to get free. And everybody started clapping and she said, screw that, you know, you know, I want to be free right now. So, um, you know, yeah. So, so, so I just wanted to say that. Uh, thank you for highlighting that. Consider the importance of the posters in the film, um, the African Liberation Day poster, Jerry Lee Amy, and the MPLA poster with the African mother, child and rifle. How do they highlight the importance of agitation and propaganda in the African community? I could, uh, Take a, uh, I could attempt to answer that. Take a step. Um, yeah. Uh, I noticed like as she, as things are happening to her and in the film, you can easily see how like someone doing the same thing every day, like she's going to the welfare office every day could like bring somebody to like a mild psychosis, if not like a major psychosis. Um, but as things are happening to her, she's just like sitting there and she's looking at that poster. And then there's like one scene in the movie where she's just like walking around the room and like looking at the poster through, uh, um, through like different angles. Um, so I think, 
as, you know, these conditions are being imposed upon her, um, she sees that image and maybe while she's looking at the image, she hears the words of when she said, like, this is the mother of all of us. And, you know, we she stand up and protect the children and the, the, the unborn child that they keep trying to like force her to exterminate um, that she just doesn't feel right to do. So I think, you know, the agitation and propaganda, you know, that we put out during uh, outreach or like just like when we went out and we did uh, outreach um, for the African Liberation Day and the um, 14 point platform, you know, is like those posters are still up. And if you know African people are like going through stuff on a daily basis and, you know, like someone's getting off the plantation and like drudging going home or has to like stop at the grocery store and they see that and they see those things, you know, that keeps the mind like turning and turning, you know, I would say gives people the fight to go on or some people, you know, let them know there are people uh, fighting or organizations fighting or, oh, let me tap into this or uh, something along those lines. Uh-huh. Right. It's the truth. I appreciate that, uh, Parrish. Because, like, when that one, um, what's her name, who, who kept bringing the posters by, and she was saying, you know, she said her mama don't like whatever it was, and she go, you know, I guess, you know, something about how her mama don't like the truth, and it just made me laugh because it's like, yeah. So it was, it's like a, it's a lifeline, you know. Uh-huh. Here's what I would say: um, uh, the regional strategy. And chairman talks about the political strategy, the need to open up offices, the existence of local community offices becomes material, practical evidence of our work. The offices become community meeting places for discussing and organizing around the critical questions assaulting our people daily, especially the working class, right? So it's not just AOD that she goes to, she she goes to the anti-police brutality uh, a meeting, which would have been led by somebody like Michael Zinzin of in LA at that time. Um, uh, 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 especially after the working class, the burning spear and other party materials can also be acquired at our offices. Political posters in our offices contribute to mass political education by showing our unity with the oppressed peoples of the world and exhibiting our revolutionary credentials. Then he goes on. But, you know, uh, I just want to share that quote because Parrish hit the nail on the head, right? You know, uh, one thing is that, you know, our posters are still up, you know, that we put up a year ago. Uh, and some of our stuff from two years ago is still up. You can see that stuff. It's still up. The stuff from the, um, uh, what's the, from the People's War campaign. It's still up after two years, which shows the unity that people have with our message. Right. You are listening to Black Power Talks, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we are listening to a roundtable discussion on Haile Garima's classic film, Bush Mama. In this final segment, the roundtable participants discuss the implications of Bush Mama as they relate to the on-the-ground outreach and campaigns organized by the Uhuru movement. Bush Mama shares a lot of themes with the Free Desi Woods campaign and the African National Prison Organization, ANPO a mass campaign and mass organization led by the African People's Socialist Party in the 1970s and early 1980s. In fact, Bush Mama was screened at an AMPA conference in 1979. Let's listen.
Dear TC, I was just thinking about the night they said that you did the crime. You remember it was the same night you had the real bad nightmare. Why didn't they believe you was here with me? Oh, riffraff me. You don't even look like the man they say did it, but you still doing the time. So much have happened, TC. TC, they beat our baby out of me. They wouldn't let me see nobody, not even a doctor, for 10 days. We got to make changes, TC, so we can raise our kids with both of us at home. So things go right. I've been blaming myself all this time because things wasn't right. I thought that I was born to be pulled, be pushed around and stepped on. I don't want Luann thinking like that. I can see now that my problem is a place I was born in too. A place with laws that protect the people who got money. Doctors and hospitals for people who got money. It's evil and wrong. I have to get to know myself. To read and to study. We all have to. So we can change it. So we can know how to talk to each other. Talking to each other is not easy. I know you're in JLTC and angry, but most of the time I don't understand your letters. Talk to me easy, TC, because I want to understand. It's not easy to win over people like me. There's a lot of people like me. We have many things to fight for just to live. But the idea is to win over more of our people. Talk the same talk, but easy, TC. You remember you used to ask why I always wear a wig? All day and all night, when I eat, when I sleep. TC, the wig is off my head. The wig is off my head. I never saw what was under it. I just saw on top, the glitter, the wig. Wig is off my head, TC. TC, I love you, Dorothy. How does Dorothy's wig, as well as other wigs in the movie, represent the colonial oppression of African women in this film? What does she mean by the wig is off my head? Guru, I took it as. Um, like the veil has uh, been lifted from her eyes or uh, her her uh, mind has been uh, changed to see what he, what uh, TC sees. And she's, and she's starting to understand. And then that's why she's like, uh, uh, talk to me easy because I don't understand all those big words, basically. But I get the gist of what you're saying, which, which I really... I really uh, unite with and I really uh, it really hit me because I know I can be uh, I need I, I need to take that advice to talk to everybody easy, to be honest. Yeah, I unite what you said, Denzel. I think um, I think you said something like something about um, like the veil being lifted. Um, I think that can definitely be like an interpretation of the wig because, um, you know, I mean, there are many ways we can interpret it, I feel like, you know, for one. Obviously, you know, when you talk about, you know, African women and wig, this whole thing of um, uh, 
what they call, you know, you essential beauty ideals and trying to, to wear your hair in a way that kind of adheres to those and subscribes to those. I think it could be interpreted that way. And with her coming into her own, her own identity and her own political consciousness, she's literally taking that off physically and uh, literally metaphorically. I mean, you can, I think you can interpret it like that and just her uh, taking this wig off, just really being uh, her taken off, like a bit of words, her faith in this system and her attachment to the system and her kind of committing herself to overturning the system. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly. Um, uh, so, 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 you know, uh, horizontally, right. Think about begin with the horizontal violence because one place in which we see the wig, the first wig that's actually taken mm-hmm. off is by Molly. Right. And, 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 you know, on, on black Twitter, <clears throat> Whenever people start dragging people, they say we wig snatching, we wig snatching today. Yeah, yeah. Snatching edges, boy. Exactly, exactly. We snatching edges. We we yeah, wig yeah. snatching today. Shoot, shoot, shoot. I'm gonna drag you to hell. I'm gonna revi- revive you and I'm gonna drag you back. You That's know. It. That's and, it. That's and, and, it. Uh, so 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 when Molly does it, she does it in the dehumanizing factor of 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 snatching this lady's wig off. Uh, and bringing it all the way, uh, but even at the in that same scene, you see Dorothy's wig uh, as her life becomes more and more hellish, just becomes more and more hellish, right? But she's holding on to that wig. So, but 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 a couple of different things. So so there's a sort of uh, philosophical, uh, metaphysical imperialism to to to, to quote Comrade Betty Davis, uh, uh, Timba um, about the about the wig. In the sense that metaphysical imperialism, Conrad Betty Davis calls, is the uh, sort of imperialism of the mind and stuff like that. So it represents that, but it's not just that, right? That black women don't see themselves as ugly. Wigs aren't free. Wigs are not free. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so this represents the co- colonization, uh, the, the colonial, co- colonial capitalist attack against African women and their limited resources. But none of that is free, right? So it's a material assault. Because when you see her walking down the street, you actually see signs for wigs at the different stores. So, so it's a materialist assault as well against her. Uh, it's not just a sort of idealism that she don't think she's beautiful, uh, uh, which is part of it. But, 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 but then I think y'all said it clearly, like Denzel said, look, this is colonialism resting on top of her head. You know, and Molly thinks that the lady is abs- the poster is absurd because it's an African lady with natural hair, right? She 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 she's insulting the image on the poster. But so if you notice at the end, the the the, the hairstyle she has, and I only realized it. I knew she had natural hair per se at the end, ever since I've seen this. But she has the braids in the exact same fashion as the lady from from the movie and we all know that you got to braid your hair to put the wig on so she's got the braids underneath but but so so then she has the wig on but at the moment that she couldn't commits her revolutionary act you can imagine her snatching a wig off running and getting into it right you know so because as she's stabbing him she's got the braids but it's the same braids as the lady in the poster because bush mama is the lady in the poster her question number eight yes consider dorothy's unborn child luann and angie how are african children important to african revolution in the film 
if we exterminate the children, then we don't, we don't, we're, we're, we are limiting ourselves with uh, who the number and who we have to, uh, you know, fight for liberation. Yeah, I think children are significant in this film, you know, from the child, from the young child uh, who was inspired and it's essentially, you know, organizing within her family or household from her to even, um, you know, just significance of, of the youth taking on this kind of revolutionary line and taking up the struggle. Um, just to, uh, I think, like what you touched on, on Comrade Paris, like these kids in, in a way representing the next generation. And you're seeing what these kids are even confronted with, like the, 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 um, the um, what's the word I'm thinking? Just the, the brutality they suffer even as early as the womb. And I think one thing that's significant as well is even that image that that young sister was so inspired by the MPLA post, even in that image, the woman in that image is holding a baby in one hand and a gun in the other hand. So I, I can definitely see the consistent theme of the significance of children um, you know, in this revolution. And I think I, I, yeah, I was doing some early when we mentioned the propaganda question, but um. Just going back to this poster, just one small example of uh, just how these images could really transform us and our perception of ourselves and help us understand our conditions and help us understand what we can be. Because you see this girl who's, again, just so moved and really virtually transformed by the image she sees in this woman who is such an empowered woman, baby in one hand, gun in the other, that probably contrasted with the image that she sees in her daily life and you see this and it makes you and inspires you makes you want to be like this woman and those kind of images are what you know transforms entire communities so just a little bit on the propaganda question so so one thing i'll say uh is that you know children uh, represent the ability for us to present pr uh, uh, produce life for ourselves right you know but 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 also we see the clarity uh that the, that the youth um uh, bring mm -hmm. Uh, in the film to the uh, to to the struggle, uh, and we are to our last question. Um, what Uhuru movement programs and campaigns, past and present, can you relate to this film? Well, I mean, just off the top, uh, I know we've already discussed like the Desi Woods campaign um, extensively, um, and well. Even uh, the um, what also comes to mind the uh, what's the the Bobby Hudden health clinic i mean, i think there've been a number of institutions and programs that a movement has developed over time that that speaks to you know conditions that are specific to the african women um that speaks to the question of healthcare in our communities even uh, i mean even the uh, the mufundi like sponsor prisoner program that aids uh, and we you know aids and the political education so many of our brothers and sisters locked down that creates Forces like the uh, like TC um, in real life, uh, the George Jackson program that we that we are beginning today. So yeah, yeah. I mean, just to name a few off the top. Yeah, I would say um, in specifics, uh, like you said, some of the annual programs, RCPS, Who Who Kijiji Child Care Collective. Yep. Um, hell, even the Aya Resistance Circle. Because in the beginning, when I first watched this film. I'm like, what is they saying to her? They got her in a room and they all badging her and the woman's already down. And then this time watching it around, I said, you know, this is not a soft thumping. This woman is like, she already low and they just beating her down more and more. I was like, oh goodness. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a, there's a plethora of programs that we could use to uh, 
you know, attest um, to this specific situation. So her. One thing I do want to ask, uh, it's not necessarily pertaining to this question, but just a film in general, I wanted to ask how y'all interpreted, you know, the different scenes where they would have different people, languages overlapping with each other. Like what, what y'all felt the purpose of that was, significance of that was. Like, you mean like where you hear people like in the welfare office and she's like overhearing the conversations like that? Like I know, if I remember, I think it was at least, you know, there's one or two scenes where you hear those one individual speaking. I believe there's another one who was speaking over that one. But I mean, that you don't, you know, you're hearing it, but visually you're seeing like the, the African woman, the main character, like looking out a window, I believe. Uh, well, I, uh, in my mind, I equated that to like, she's, she's what it seems like she's spending all day in the welfare office and she's probably mm-hmm. overhearing all these conversations and hearing the workers um, interview, you know, the working class people and then hearing other working class people conversations. And because that's all she's hearing all day when she like leaves that environment and is like, you know, walking throughout the world, like that stuff is just like kind of like programmed into her. Cause that's mm-hmm. gotta be insane. She said she sat there for three hours this day and five hours this day. And that's just too much. Like I would, like that's like taking a trip to the DMV. That's too much for me. So I can imagine going like yeah. every day. Um, so that's what I just kind of uh, took that in. It's like an influx, and she don't don't really know to what to do or where to turn. And like life is happening to her, and she doesn't have any agency, um, except in that little snippet where she you see her. To me, it was like her like wishing she had some power or some agency over her life where she takes the bottle and breaks it over the social worker's head and that like, you know, but it's still that's her daydreaming. Right. And that, that was called, what do you say it was called, Matsumela? Freedom thinking or freedom dreaming? Or? Yeah, yeah, freedom dream. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so her. When the woman came to her and said she'd help her, that 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 sounded just like uh, the Hurukajiji. Mm-hmm. And she said she'll do whatever she uh, can to help her. But the uh, lady was like, what? You ain't got nothing just like me. And and that's how I. That's how we're met trying to build the Hura Kijiji. A lot of times we think we don't have nothing. But when you come together as a community, it, you may it may look like you have nothing as individuals. But when you come together, it's a whole lot. So that reminded me of uh, Hura Kijiji. And it mm-hmm. just. Uh, gave me the idea of like we need to have black community control of everything black community control of schools black community control of health what they're trying what they uh did to the sister mm-hmm, mm-hmm. black community control of uh uh what's what's the other campaign uh police because mm-hmm. they, they, she was the uh, young lady was getting raped it's like damn we need black and and and, and you know that uh we know that going before going into the film, but the film is just like, it just makes, it just makes you think. So you're like, damn, we need black, black community control of everything. There's no way out of this unless you have that. You can have one, but if you don't have it all, then it's like, they, they'll try to get you in uh, any, any way they can. But I just wanted to say that. And you know, some people don't know that before going to see this film. You know? Yeah. I know we are uh, running out of um, our time limit. I was kind of curious, though, um, just to anybody, you know, if you or when you, because we all will, um, encounter like a, what's the sister's name, Molly, like in the street when you're conducting outreach, how would you all react in a situation like that? 
you know, with an African who had the position that Molly had in the film as far as, you know, niggas, niggas are the problem. Well, the real issue is black people. Like, how much y'all react in that situation? Yeah, you're out there conducting outreach and, you know, you encounter this system. I think that's an important question. And I think what you just said is how we, you know, we, we should, you know, it, it ain't, it ain't black people, but the one thing that, well, you, you didn't say like that, but um, I think about this, like when we're selling the spear, mm-hmm. because the spear has an article that addresses every one of those things, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time you can, you know, especially we talk like, I'm, I think it was the April issue on page five column by you had one about, you know, the sister who, you know, felt like she had nothing to live for. And like, that was a really powerful article. And I shared that when this, with this one mother who has daughters and I, you know, I know she demoralized and just, you know, every day she come on campus to pick up the children, you know, her and I talk and stuff and it's like, I feel it. And, and so I just think it's, that was a way to like overturn some of the ideas that she had about herself, about her situation and like about this, you know, about, certain aspects of the system, but not colonialism. And so, um, you know, obviously having a conversation about it and just, and, you know, not being liberal with African people, but, but also not, I think Matsumela said also about not like um, getting into battles with the working class about these, you know, so um, yeah, I think that's just an important question to reflect on. That was a roundtable discussion on Bush Mama. Bush Mama can be purchased at Grima's online store, Tankofa.com. To learn more about the LA Rebellion, you can purchase the book, LA Rebellion, Creating a New Black Cinema. To learn more about the Uhura movement campaigns that relate to Bush Mama, you can purchase the book, An Uneasy Equilibrium, by Chairman Amalia Chatella at the burningspirit.store. You have been listening to Black Power Talks, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we have listened to a roundtable discussion on Haile Gurima's classic film, Bush Mama. Our theme song, Get Up and Do Something, was written and performed by Ali Kiangoma. Thanks to the Black Power Talks production, research, and promotions team, including Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and Apipsa Panda. You can pray until you faint, but if you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. And it's no need of running and no need of saying. Do something!